group where at Life Church Cramerton in Cramerton, North Carolina. I appreciate you reaching out, man. Yeah. Having me on. Yeah. Um, God had me um, see some things in you that uh, you was dealing with, and it's, it's weird because you was like, "How you find me?" Yeah. Um, and my girlfriend was just sharing how I need to have you on here. Like, I need to. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't even know this guy. <laughs> and so it, it's crazy how everything happened. And to see see you here to really talk and, like, get to um, know God more, get to know each other more. Uh, you want to tell us about your ministry and everything that's been going on, even through this pandemic? Yeah, ministry has definitely changed. I mean, it's, uh, I mean... Our group's a little bit different, I guess, than most groups. Uh, a lot of youth groups are made up primarily. They're probably 80 to 90% kids that go to your church, like your families are in the church. And then the, the additional 10% yeah. or whatever yeah. are like their friends and people that come. And that's not the case with our group. Our group is like 5% of what comes to the church, and then they, the rest of them are people that if they don't come on Wednesdays, they're not there. So yeah. it's completely different. I'm navigating through waters. Um, that maybe some other youth pastors don't wear. Like, I'm dealing with fresh, brand-new Christians. So it's not, uh, like, beating them over the head with, like, what they've done wrong, mm-hmm. but just helping them walk through what it what it means to be saved, what, yeah. what it means to be Christian, what it means that God really loves you, and things like that. Um, and I'm just, over time, letting them grow and ask questions and not, yeah, I mean, just kind of yeah. being there and not more building a community than building just like a youth group. Yeah, that's good that what you said, building a community. Like people think just because you go to church, oh, my parents told me to, and they might, what you learn out of it? Nothing. Yeah. But like you said, you want to build a community. You want to reach, you want to do more than what a youth pastor would do. So yeah. that, that's, that's pretty good for the society that we need to see today. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Questions about uh, you with your ministry. So, what what can you tell the world the most the worst thing to struggle with in youth ministry? Um, consistency. Um, wow. You never know who's gonna be there. Yeah. Um, so especially now with the pandemic, I mean, we were running strong right before everything hit. Like we were at like our peak. And since everything's happened, there we just kind of got out of practice, and we we went to a more digital platform, which is great. I think that that's like the next the next frontier of ministry is, is doing it. And people like Elevation and Free Chapel and some of these other larger churches, they've been doing it for years, so they were already ahead of the game. But yeah. um, I saw it at first as a uh, as something awesome for like some of these other churches that maybe are smaller that were like yeah. I don't want to go online non that's going to keep people from coming. so it's forced them to kind of accept and move forward which is great mm-hmm. but now I feel like it's become a crutch yeah it's like do I get up do I get ready and do, do I come to church or do I just stay home and drink my coffee and mm-hmm. I can watch church I can watch it online yeah I mean I can do it whenever but yeah. then you lose that community mm-hmm. I mean, there's a dif- there's a difference between being physically distanced to stay safe and being socially distanced, where now you've become disconnected. And I feel like that's a big thing that's happening right now. Is a lot of people and a lot of churches are becoming socially distanced, not physically. Yeah. Physically yeah. Distanced. That's that's crazy how we see how church was to how church now, and then now I I've noticed uh, not just in my ministry that people just be like I'm out of 
just get the same experience here. It's totally different. Yeah, it definitely it's is. It's totally different than seeing you actively in the church. Like, our church at Destiny had to close doors. Yeah. And that's something we did not want to do. That's some churches did want to do. Yeah. And that was God's way of testing the church. Yeah. You see, are you still going to be active? Are you still going to move? Are you still going to believe? Are you still going to trust? And the main thing is, are you still going to have that community? Yeah. And so many churches like just fell off, and it's sad. Yeah. And guys like, where's the faith that that you say you have? Yeah. Where's the belief that you said you have? And God tests us. God, God will take you through tests. Yeah. And see where your faith is at. Because we sing these songs greater than and draw me close to you, and I want to be more like you. But then when test comes, people want to stop. Yeah. I can't do it, God. It's just too much. God will never give you anything that you can't. And that's what I think what happened to the body of Christ is, like you said, we used it as a crutch, and now we just, man, that's good. Now we limping in the spirit and trying to find another avenue of where am I going to serve? Yeah. But, I mean, kind of to build off of that, I mean, I, I heard that, that phrase so many times, God won't give you more than you can handle. And I don't think that, like, I think that what he's really, really saying is I'm not going to give you more that you can't handle without me. Nah. It's not yeah. what can you do on your own, but how much can you handle with my help? Yeah. yeah. How strong is your faith with my help? So, like, when I, that's what I tell my kids all the time. It's not God saying, I'm only going to give you as much as you personally can bear by yourself. Because if that was the case, there would be no Christians. Yeah. But it's how strong is your faith? And I'm going to push you to your limit with your faith. How, how much can I put on you before you stop trusting me? Yeah. That's, that's good. Say that again. <laughs> that, that, that was pretty good. Like, how, how much more? Yeah. Like, that that's cool. Um, I think what we built was verses, mm-hmm. like, comparisons. And, I, like, I was sharing with you last night that deliverance versus yeah. fear. Like, we, we, we got too much fear now built up in us where we like God where are you at Yeah. and now we trying to figure out how can I be delivered if I'm still f- facing fear Yeah. And I, think, and I think that there's two folds to this so I think yeah. you can look at it in two different ways um, you can look at it from the standpoint of someone that's grown up in church mm-hmm. right and let's say you go to this church and it's like if you do this 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 or this mm-hmm. Like, that's it. You're done. And so now you have this fear that, oh, I messed up. God can't deliver me. Mm -hmm. Right? But then you also have these new Christians. Right? And then you've got the new Christians who are like, but I've done all this. Can God forgive me? Mm -hmm. And I almost envy the new Christians because those new Christians, they have a clean foundation to build on where you can, like, you don't have to preach hyper grace. Where, like, I believe in grace. I believe that you mess up and God will forgive you because God loves you. He talks about it in that one verse that you gave with Isaiah, where he talks about, like, Israel was his creation and nothing, no one or nothing Nothing. can destroy what he created or the love for Israel, right? So, I mean, I believe that no matter what you do, there's always that path to redemption. Yeah. You have to choose it. Exactly. And you have That's to good. want for it. That's you have good. to want to do it. And you have to ask for it. 
it's freely given. If you have to ask for it, you can't just assume, well, I said a prayer 12 years ago at youth camp, I'm good to go. It's not like that. That's not how it's supposed to be. Um, so I almost envy these new Christians where you can come in and get into, plugged into a good ministry where they're like, you know what? God loved sinners. He didn't hang out with the he people in the, te- in the temples. He was hanging out with tax collectors and he was hanging out with prostitutes. And I mean, he was hang- his. I like to think about it. The guys that he chose to be his 12 disciples. You know they had mouths on them. You know he had to walk around and constantly <laughs> apologize for Peter. Like I'm so sorry. He does. He didn't mean it. Like he didn't mean it like that. You know you, he was. And then he pulled him over. Peter, what are you doing? What are you doing, Peter? You can't say stuff like that. Um, and but then he he'd be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean Peter cut a dude's ear off. And Jesus what? still loved him. So I mean, yeah. You, you got to think. What? Why wouldn't God want to forgive you? He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He doesn't. He wants to save everybody, but he gave us free will. He gave us free will to ask for forgiveness, and he also gave us free will to sin. So, and that's something we we don't talk about is sin. Yeah. And it's like if we talk about sin in church, then we know who's the sinners is. Yeah. Or oh, I guess the pastor sins, so he's talking about it. Or I'm guessing this going on in the church or some kind of financial thing happened and now they're going to talk about sin or offering and stuff but uh, I like what you said like we, 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 we it's like we got too comfortable definitely got too comfortable we definitely got too comfortable and I mean one of the things that like I'll, I, I tell all of my students and I tell all of our visitors is like I don't care who you are I don't care where you came from I don't care what your sin looks like everybody's sin Right, some yeah. some people sin are out there where everybody can see it, everybody can smell it. Yeah. Right, and then there's some people who sin is in their browser history. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, every, the the big thing is is if you read the Bible, there is no big sin or little sin. Sin is sin is sin. If you kill somebody or if you steal a pack of gum, it's, it's sin. Mm-hmm. And so the the thought of oh I did this. Right, and it needs to be talked about. Because if you don't talk about it, then they're not going to know it. But at the same time, they have to know that they're loved. And so I tell everybody, you can belong before you believe. Yeah, I like that. So come. If you don't believe what I'm saying, that's fine. At least come and be a part of the community. Because even if you don't agree with what yeah. I say, yeah. Yeah. you still need a community of people that's there to help you when you go through something. Yeah. See. The community is something that that want to hear something different, that want something new, and we want something new in the body of Christ, and we we want to see God manifest. Yeah. But we can't see that building in fear. Yeah. But then finding sin, just oh, I might as well give up. I, I just sin. Yeah. Or I'm weak, so I might as well sin while I'm already ahead. Yeah. And like you said, there's there's no big sin. Yeah. God, look, hey, you sinned, you sinned. I'm God, I will forgive. But don't make it a habit. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the big thing is, I mean, you, God, I'm not going to say God's okay with you messing up. Um, but God understands that we're human. Yeah. So you mess up, you, you ask for forgiveness, you don't do it again. 
But if you do the same thing every weekend and then you're at church every Sunday and you're asking for forgiveness for the same thing, God, I'm never going to go <laughs> yeah. to that bar again. God, I'm never <laughs> going to answer that late night call again. God, I promise I'm not going to slide into their DMs again, but every week you do it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, God's going to be like, when are you going to I'm going to step out of this. Like, I'm going to see you do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. like, there's only so much, mm-hmm. right? It says in the Bible, I mean, you can't be straddling the fence. Either you're hot or you're cold. And he says, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that that's crazy. He yeah. said, only a dog returns to its own vomit. God just called me a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like, that's crazy. Yeah. And no one really wants to hear that. No yeah. one wants to hear that message. Everybody wants to be be to make feel like they're special and I just want to go to church and then leave feeling good about myself. And feeling Get a little happy. tickle behind the ear. And I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, and that's great. We need those. Like, in times where you're struggling or you're grieving, you need those. But at the same time, you still need correction, right? You need you need to know that. Uh, Mike Todd said that before it can become a devotion, it has to be a discipline. Yeah. You have to. It has to start off as a dif- discipline before it become, can become a devotion. And I love that because it's like no one wants to wake up an hour early before work to read their Bible and pray. Yeah. It's a discipline. No one wants to go to the gym and do 30 minutes of cardio and feel like they're going to die in the beginning. It's a discipline. But then over time, it becomes devotion. I have to do this. I have to go to the gym. I have to read my Bible. Because at that point, it becomes devotion. And I love that. And so I still that. I shout out to Mike Todd. I stole that. (laughs) I tell my kids that all the time. Um, We do something. When we, when we first start out, and I try to do it multiple times a year, I'll just challenge them. I'm like, guys, let's do a 30 for 30. 30 for 30. You 30 minutes a day for 30 days. Pray, read, and worship. 10 minutes of reading, 10 minutes of praying, 10 minutes of worship. 30 minutes. And you can do it all together. You can spread it out. You can do whatever you want. But set aside 30 minutes and just be with God. Because it's hard. Not everybody's going to come in, get saved, and be like, all right, I'm going to say this hour-long prayer. Like, I mean, I'm a pastor. I have a card in my pocket that said so, right? Even though I might not look like it, but I am. And it's sometimes hard for me to pray for more than 15 minutes at a time. Like, I run out of things to say. Like, man, God, what what happened? Man, I was... (laughs) But then then there's times where, like, I just kind of catch myself, and it's like I can... I can pray, worship, yell, and cry all at the same time in a period of 30 to 45 minutes. I just did it. I just did it this morning. I mean, things are fresh with my mom passing. Like, I'm mad. It doesn't make sense. We did everything right. And that's where a lot of people get that fear. It's like, what? I saw my mom pray, and I saw my mom fast, and I saw her worship when she was going through all her cancer treatments, when she had a trach and she couldn't talk, and I would see her, she she couldn't go to church because of her immune system, but she would watch church all the time. I have a picture, so I posted on my Instagram of her with her hands raised, worshiping in the worst time of her life. And she finished her cancer treatments. She got to ring her bell. She was done. And then 
less than a week later, she's just gone. I talked to her one day, and then the next morning I get a phone call. My dad's like, you got to get here because she's not breathing. And you wonder why. But then I remember what she did. She worshipped in the worst time of her life. So I have to do the same. She set this example for me. I'm going to set this example for my kids. I'm going to set this example for my students. Um, You can't let fear overtake anything of what you're trying to do, whether that's accepting God's forgiveness, accepting that God loves you. You can't let fear say, you know what? I know what I did in the past. I might be called to be a preacher, but who am I? People know what I did just last year or just last month. They saw me. But now I feel like God's calling me to preach, but I don't feel like I'm I'm qualified. God doesn't call the qualified. Mm -hmm. God qualifies the willing. Mm -hmm. He'll qualify you along the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it all has to do with, do you trust God enough? Right. That's good. That's good. That's good. Like, that's like something that happened to me a few months ago uh, with my cousin. He moved down here from Philly, and well, from Chester, mm-hmm. and moved to Texas. It wasn't nothing wrong with him. Yeah. And he would, he loved church. He loved Destiny. He got right into yeah. greeting. Like Destiny opened him with open arms. He he was a worshiper. He he started a Bible study. To this day, we still pick up one Bible study. And so we that's why we never let die down. And so Jay passed randomly. Like just we like, what happened? We don't know. He just lost his speech and died. Like, what? It's crazy. Like he like we all just like like it just happened. And I went into a place in myself to where I I can say through everything, through my I, I want. I never bought my fist up at God. I said, God, you did this. And God, why is this? Why is that? And when Jay passed, it hit me so hard. Yeah. And I was like, He prayed. He read. He he did this. He did that. Like he loved you, God. But you just did this for you what? Turned your back on him. It felt like it feels like you feel like God turned their yeah. back. Yeah. That's not the case. But I can tell you this, if God can give up his only son to die for us, then he can take you to be mad at him for a little bit. It's okay to be mad at God. It's okay to be like, why did you do this? Like, you can be mad, and he can take it. Um, And he'll be right there when, once you get through that process of grieving, when you finally accept it, you're like, you know what? I, I, I posted it. I said, we prayed and we prayed and we fasted. For months, for three months, constant prayer, constant fasting for for my mom, and we we believed that God was going to heal her, and He did. Mm-hmm. He just didn't do it the way we thought. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm coming around. I miss my mom more than anything. Um, but I'm not. I can't say that I'm mad anymore. I'm not mad sad yeah um and i know that she's up there she's getting she's getting everything ready she was mom she was the one that she planned everything so she's already got she's already starting on dinner from when we all get there because i mean the bible says something along the lines of like uh 
what is it, a, a day in the in the presence of the Lord is like a thousand years. So like she's only been up there a couple of seconds. So she's probably already at Publix because that was like her favorite place. So she's up at the grocery store. She's getting everything ready. She's probably going to make my favorite casserole. So that way when it's time for me to be there, she's got everything. She's ready. She's waiting on it. So I mean... That, I mean, and I, that might not be theologically sound, yeah. and I don't really care. I mean, yeah. that makes me feel better. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that's the legacy that she left, and that's the legacy that I want to leave, and that's what I want to let my kids know, that, I mean, through everything, don't be afraid to worship. Don't be afraid of yeah. what you did in your past. God can forgive you. God, God loves you. And that's the biggest thing, is just accepting the fact that why of all people would God love me? Yeah. And I, Judah, Judah Smith wrote a book about it, and yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I have the book and I have the devotion that went along with it. And, I mean, I can say that, I mean, when I first was like, all right, I'm accepting, like, my calling. Because I ran for my calling for years because I was church hurt. And there's a difference between being hurt being and church, church hurt. Oh, I, I was know. church hurt. Yeah. And so I, I didn't want that. anything to do with it. But I finally came. And that was probably one of the first books that I read because I had to deal with the fact that, God, why would you call me still after everything that I did? And I read that. So dealing with the fact that God does love you. So people ask me, why don't you preach about this? And why aren't you up there telling them that this is wrong? Because these kids are fresh. Yeah. They need to understand First and foremost, that God does love them. I do talk about things that they shouldn't do. And um, I do talk about what's right and what's wrong. But that's not all I talk about. I talk more about how much God loves them and how much they need to be in church and be surrounded than I do about pointing my finger at them and scolding them and telling them, like, you're going to hell. Like, this is, like... If they want that, they can they can turn on any televangelist or public radio. I mean, public yeah. TV if they want. Yeah. I mean, they'll they'll do it for me. They don't need me to do that. They need me to hold their hand and walk walk, walk through life with them. Yeah. That's you know, good. and along the way, find someone that can eventually replace me, because that's my that's what I want. Um, when I took the position, I said I want to leave the, the ministry better than I found it. And I don't want them to have to rebuild. So I'm constantly looking, who can I pour into that can replace me? Yeah. Because God only puts us in certain places seasons for seasons. Now, yeah. right now, I have a season and I have a platform that God gave me. Does that mean it's always going to be my platform? Is it always going to be my season? God. And I heard Karen Wells say it like this. It wasn't that, that with musicians that they don't go through seasons as they have different rhythms. Yeah. Right? So each song has a different rhythm. But when you try to play this rhythm with that song, and the timing's off, then the song just doesn't sound good. Yeah. So, that's, that's I mean, good. I, so... Yeah, that's, um, that, that's awesome. So it's just one of those things where it's you have to kind of understand and you have to be willing to just... Trust God. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing God wants us to do is trust Him during the process, during the healing, during during the reshaping. Mm-hmm. God wants us to trust Him, and in the moments you want to give up, in the seasons you want to give in, God wants you to still trust Him. And you hit a lot of pointers, man. Like God, God, God wants your heart because mm-hmm. once He have your heart, man, yeah. the enemy can't touch you. Yeah. The enemy will try, and God will be like, try your best. Yeah. 
Well, that's what it says in uh, the other the other verse, the Second Peter that you sent me. Um, in that particular verse, he talks about temptation. But if you look at it, the Greek word used for, for the for temptation right there was actually talking about like an assault. It was almost like like I've been playing a lot of modern warfare right now. Yeah. Um, and so I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm a youth pastor, so this is what I do. Like, so, yeah, like, so like when I started reading, I was like, it's just like when we're playing like capture the flag, like these guys are trying to outflank us. It was like that's what the, the temptation they're talking about there is. Satan's trying to attack you, and God's like, I got you. I got you. And so I'm. There's, there's, that's the biggest thing is even when, even when I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. That's yeah. a, a song. The, what? <laughs> yeah. There's. Yeah. I mean, that there's truth in that. I mean, there's always gonna like. God gave us the choice, yeah. right? If He didn't want to give us the choice, He, he wouldn't have made us because He, he already had us. the angels. The yep. angels have no choice but to worship Him. But but to give it. And and, and it's funny because the Bible said we have authority over over it. Exactly. Like we have it. Yeah. And God, God's given us the heart to forgive, a heart to overcome, yeah. a passion to love, to serve, to be you. Yeah. And God don't, God don't create for you to build on mess. No. God, God didn't create you just to give up. No. He did not create you just to be like, oh. All hell just broke loose. I quit. Got him thrown in a tail. Yeah. No. And he didn't create you to be like anybody else. Yeah. He, he I, created I, you for you. I'm not supposed to, He didn't create me to be able to be like Tim Summers or Stephen Furtick. Yeah. I'm not supposed <laughs> to be Chad <laughs> I'm not supposed to be Ruth Robertson yeah. Jr. I probably say things that I probably shouldn't say from the pulpit. Yeah. But yeah. I, like my personal, like my personality I'm overly sarcastic, and those are just what I say. And but I'm reaching people that maybe you wouldn't particularly reach, or someone else might not be able to reach. But I'm going to be able to reach them yeah. because they can relate yeah. to me, and I can relate to them. And I love that. But at the same time, I love the fact that I can partner with people that are like that. Like I look up to all those guys, and I mean, if I. I mean, there are things that I use or I emulate from my ministry that I, I've seen them do. I'm like, oh, I like that. How can I tweak that? Yeah. And make how how can I? Yeah. But I mean, what works for them isn't gonna necessarily work for me. They're in certain parts of the country where certain things are popular. I happen to be on the other side of Charlotte, yeah. where <laughs> it's Gaston County. You see more cowboy boots than you do Yeezys, yeah. right? Even though I am giving away a pair right now and the kids are like going crazy about it. But you see more of that. They're yeah. more, uh, that, that's just the style mm-hmm. there. So while I may look the way I look, this is me, this is what makes me comfortable. I have to make things match them. Yeah. So um, that's just one of those things where, I mean, you you have to trust the process, like you said. You have to trust that God's called you. You have to trust that God loves you. you got to trust that God has you, right? And then trust God made you who you are because he has a purpose for you. Everybody's called. Yeah, and I'll, sorry, catch up. And it's crazy to where people now saying, I can't trust God no more. Like, what what, what is your take on that? I mean... I think when someone says that they can't trust God anymore, um, 
they've been hurt. They've just, they've been hurt, and they feel like God left them. But, uh, I mean, my question to them is, at what point in time can you pinpoint it? When do you feel like God left you? And when they give me their answer, I'll say things like, well, did God leave you? Or did you you leave God? Because once you're saved, and God gave you a gift, that gift of salvation, Mm -hmm. he doesn't take that away. It's the same thing like accepting your calling. Yeah. Accepting who who God called you to be. Like like with me, with first youth pastoring, I I I stepped out from youth pastoring to evangelize. Yeah. And I did not get hurt because of it. Okay, I did get hurt a little bit. (laughs) Only because she like that there's a whole thing about me how I approach going on the pulpit, like you were saying. And I said if you don't want my Jesus, get out the church. Yeah. And I was so bold about it. Yeah. And she was like, Mars did not mean to say that I was in a sound booth. Yes, I did. <laughs> I was like, I am doing yeah. evangelizing now. <laughs> yeah. I will clean out my office. Yeah. And I had to be so real to where I had to get the church out of being comfortable. Because, oh, this is my seat. It was one of those, this is my seat. Or, I don't like his sermon. Or, he's too classy. Yeah. Oh, he's saying words I don't understand. Or, he's just trying to outgrow the, the main sanctuary. Yeah. And I was like, I'd rather grow the main sanctuary and let these kids know the hunger that they need to have from God. My thing is, till this day, it's a build leadership, like you say you're doing. In the youth ministry, young adult ministry, like nothing against the older people, but my thing is they had their chance. Yeah. And now God's wanting to raise up a generation now who who's not, like I said in my last few podcasts, who's not afraid of the spirit that God can use like to go yeah. all in. I wouldn't say they've had their chance. I wouldn't say that like their time is over. I think that what we have to understand is as time goes on, there was a point in time where that the, the, the older people that you're talking about now, they used to be the younger people. And um, I did an illustration where I had different generations come up. I had the younger generation come up, and then I had the next generation and the next generation. And I told, I, when we got to the very last, the oldest people that were there that were willing to actually admit that they were the oldest people that came up, I said, I want you, and the, I said, I want, I told the younger people, these are the shoulders of the people that you're standing on that are allowing you to do what you did. But then I looked at the oldest and I say, but if it wasn't for what you did, uh, we wouldn't be able to do uh, what we're doing. So it's not that their time's over or they're irre- uh, irrelevant, but it's how do we work together and how do you say, you know what, I know that I used to be like, my, like I'm the usher, but how can I train the next usher? Or this is what I do. How can I raise up the next person? Because eventually, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. And so, Keep that so you have to. You're always having to look for your replacement. And if you're not looking for your replacement, then you're not a good leader. Yeah. Leaders I, look yeah. for new leaders. It's crazy you said it because my my motto is, and I always tell everybody, you are a replacement. Yeah. Like I, I said, even at work, even even working, I was like, that that's the motto. You are. Everybody's replaceable, but it doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. Yeah. It is mean you can either stay on your level or you can get elevated. Yeah. 
and that's how guys run. I think. Either you're gonna stay here, and I go raise up another gener- or another leadership, yeah. or another any something else. Yeah. That's just yeah. how it is. That's that's really how it is, and that comes back to the first thing is deliverance and fear, and we 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 got to be equal with God to know that there's still deliverance. Yeah. Even though you have this fear, there's still deliverance. Even though you don't see a deliverance, don't let fear overtake that deliverance. Yeah. That's good. Don't don't let it try to clash. Because if you let it allow freedom, yeah. which is deliverance, to clash fear, yeah. which one is more elevated? Does that make sense? I mean, God didn't create fear. The end of, the end, that's the only tool the enemy has, right, is, is fear. They're going to make you scared to try to do something. Deliverance is just God saying, it's okay, you're home. Yeah. And so all the enemy's trying to do is just keep you from going home. Wow, that's good. That's good. Well, guys, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I, I got it like here. That's a good place to end. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, that that's that's amazing, guys. So, uh, tell everybody how they can reach you. Like, um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can find me. It's uh, R. Uh, what is it? Ryan, Ryan Kennedy NC. Yeah. I'm about um, to tell you So uh, it's the same for Facebook and Instagram. Our student ministry is the same for both Facebook and Instagram. It's uh, at Student Life Cramerton. Um, all one word. Uh, check us out. Yeah. I mean, we, I'm about to open up. I've been getting a lot of calls about some some of the things that we make and stuff. I might. I'm, I'm thinking about opening up a store where people can. Can, because they're like, where can I get this hoodie? And I'm like, we well, have to come. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, they're like, I can't. I'm here. And I'm like, oh, well, we can take Apple Pay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how you have my book. They're like, how can I get a book? Can I get a book? I'm with yeah. the uh, the other night. Yeah. They're like, yo, Ma, you bring your books? I'm like, yeah. oh, man, I, I text Mo. And I was like, yeah, I love my books. So but I, I mean, <laughs> those are the best yeah, ways to get yeah. a hold of me. I mean, you can just message me on there. Um, and I, I, I'm pretty good about trying to communicate with people um, the best I can. I am i don't think I'm anything special, so I mean, if you reach out to me, I mean, what you see is what you get. Um, but I mean, if it's just, hey, I'm dealing, like I have this question about ministry. This is what's going on. Have you come across that at all? I mean, I, I have people that I lean on. I'm like, hey, this is what this is what's going on. Have you, have you dealt with this before? Yeah. I mean, if that's what you're looking for, I mean, I'm more than willing to talk with you. Um, I love just talking, making connections, things like that. So reach out. Um, would love it. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining in. My name is Morris. Got Ryan here. So check them out on his social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I look forward to seeing y'all next week on Real Life with Morris. Love you guys. Bye.